0: To season two, episode three of the Power Giant podcast, the raw reality. Um, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that I love to chat, I love to talk, um, and I love talking to other people. Today is a very, very special um episode, and for one reason, I've got the good news for you. The good news is that I'm not on my own, so you don't need to listen to my drowning voice for about an hour or so, um. I do have some special guests with me My special guests, as I said My drowning voice for an hour, I sort of looked um, And they smiled very slightly And I'm not sure what that's about But I'll have to ask them later Um, So they're they're guests and I have taken a little picture Of our setup. That We're currently on Teams chat They're in the wonderful place that is Sheffield I really want to go shopping in Sheffield But that's an issue that I need to sort out On another day Um, And there's three very very special people um, with me I have got Laura Who, Laura? What's your role? What do you do? (laughs) So I'm um,
1: pastoral support for the sixth form at Wales High
0: School. There we go. There we go. So they're from Wales High School. I probably should have mentioned that. F Y I, Wales High School is not in Wales. That's my fun fact of the day for you. Um, It's actually in Sheffield. In case you didn't hear me mention that about four times already. And like I said, I want to go shopping there. Laurie, I th- I really like the fact you blame the pandemic for the fact that you haven't yet taken me shopping in Sheffield. Would you like to say anything about that? I'm sorry, its Okay, we'll talk about that another day, shall we? Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that. Um, Laura, you, you're not on your own. You've got two of your amazing, amazing students with you. Um, we've got the wonderful Lily. Hi, Lily. How are you? Hi, I'm oh, thank you. How are you? Oh. It's really weird. Nobody ever asks how I am. This is lovely. Thanks, Lily. Um, I want to add, Lily did make me smile just before we sort of said about starting the recording. She said, hold on, guys, I'm just going to go and tell everyone to be quiet. (sighs) Absolutely love that, Lily. And then we've also got the wonderful Tyra. Have I pronounced that right?
2: Hello. Yes, you have.
0: Welcome to the podcast. So, Tyra, I'm going to come to you first. Tell us a little bit about, if, do you, if you don't mind sharing sort of your age, are you in first year, second year of sixth form? So, I'm 17 and I'm in year 13, so second year of sixth form. What's next for you? Uni? Work? Yeah, I'm going to university to study law, hopefully.
2: Um, pandemic pending. So, we'll see how that goes.
0: Wow. Are you planning on moving away, staying local? What's the plan for you?
2: it as far away as possible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you got any unis in mind?
2: Yeah, so Manchester and Nottingham are my top two, but I'm just not sure
0: which one to go for just yet. Why not Birmingham? I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm, I'll come back to that question in a second, Tara. You need to be really careful with what you say next. Lily, what about you? Are you in second year too? Uh,
3: no, I'm 16. I'm in year 12. And I've only recently been trained to be a mental health ambassador.
0: Perfect. Um, Lily, it's almost like you know me really well in the fact that I like to waffle. Um, so I'm really glad you mentioned about mental health ambassadors, because otherwise I'd probably just talk to you three about uni and all sorts of other random stuff in life. Um, the reason I asked you about uni in Birmingham, I'm a Brummie girl, born and bred. Tara, why do you find that funny? Is it the accent? There's nothing wrong with I love Birmingham. Bournemouth amazing. I love how everything's so close to
2: each other.
0: Love this. I, I haven't paid her to talk about Birmingham in a really good way. By the way, um, I don't live there anymore, but I am still. What's the saying? You can take the girl out of Birmingham, but you can't take the brummie um, out the girl. That's that's the one. So, um, the reason that we've got um, these wonderful, wonderful people on the podcast today, um, apart from the fact that they are wonderful, um, and I know Laura um, and have known Laura for a really long time, and I know that something that Laura you feel really passionate about is mental health and. Um, breaking the stigma around mental health Making sure that it's not the best kept secret That we talk about it We support young people with it We support each other And it's something You're one of those people That you put your money where your mouth is um, And I know that One of the other things that you share um, with me In terms of our shared passion and value Is making sure young people have a voice um, And they are at the essence Of talking about the things that affect them the most Because that is really, really important So I'm so, so grateful grateful that you've come you've not just come on any day either it's a very um, special week this week it's children's mental health week um, and I know Laura there's been lots of work that has been going on at Wales High School um, that you and your mental health ambassadors have been doing Um so mental health ambassadors um, Laura give us a little bit of background it's been going on for a couple of years hasn't it? Yeah so
1: in Six Farm we have a Six Farm committee that Um, Year 13 to take part in so there's head prefects and uh, campaigns and things like that to try and get the head roles but um, one student called Alicia um, had the idea for mental health ambassadors during her committee interview um, she became deputy head girl uh, later on down the line and she just ran with that idea. Um, she organized um, training and advertising, created the brand. So every mental health ambassador is trained in active listening and safeguarding and mental health and wellbeing. They've done additional training like suicide awareness and prevention. Um, we hold um, all sorts of different fairs when we are allowed um, for time to talk and we've done little autism fairs and things like that. Um, it's grown and grown every year. We've currently got about 120 students from year 7 to year 14 who are trained mental health ambassadors. It's it's really snowballed. Um, we've had letters from our local MP thanking us for our work. We've won different awards, which has been amazing. Um, students come forward with things they're passionate about all the time, so um, something that the girls have done recently is putting messages of hope on a local motorway bridge and um, again for suicide prevention and things like that and that is all student-led um half the time we don't have to do anything they all do it off their own backs and it's just it's I think it's really important that they're showing themselves as those role models and the younger ones are just as passionate as well um it's it's really exciting how much different things we come
0: up with what I love about that is that the the idea itself came from a young person and not only did the idea come from a young person she actually decided to take responsibility for it and go with it and make it happen and we're talking more over two years on and actually you've got over a hundred mental health ambassadors um, across the entire the entire high school, which is just incredible. Um, Lily, how long have you been a mental health ambassador?
3: Probably about a month, maybe two months. Okay. I completed the training, I think, in November.
0: Why did you want to be a mental health ambassador, Lily? What was your reason, what was your motivation for wanting to be part of the team? I
2: kept seeing everything
3: on the social media that all the mental health ambassadors we're doing, it. it just looked like something I really wanted to be involved in. And obviously, like, I think it's a big thing now that's talked about more than it used to be, but still I don't think it's talked about enough. So I just kind of wanted to help that.
0: I think as well, you know, one of the things that I find um, is a lot of the time people... We'll talk about mental health but in a real sort of surface level way but I don't think often people have the skills of knowing what do they do if somebody comes to talk to them about something what do they do if somebody tells them that they're struggling and how important Tyra was the training for you when you sort of became a mental health ambassador so you knew what you were doing Training
2: for me was very important. It was definitely an eye-opening experience. And although mental health is something that is becoming more and more sort of a topic of conversation and people are becoming more aware of it, there are still a lot of things that people need to learn and people need to know that aren't necessarily at the forefront of it all. So for me, the training was just it was amazing because it just made me realize actually there's so much more to it and it was it was just really interesting to to understand the depth of it all
0: I think one of the things I see is young people get blamed a lot. Um, And the media um, can quite often blame young people for things that go wrong, don't they? So I think back to, for example, when the riots took place, you guys are probably way too young to remember it. But when I was in Birmingham, riots took place, they started in London, they moved to lots of different um, cities. um, And actually, young people were quite often put at the core of the blame of how that started. Um, And I think that a lot of the time people say oh you know mental health wouldn't be an issue if young people just weren't on snapchat and tiktok and all the on instagram um it wouldn't be an issue what would you say to that laura i'm gonna ask you first before i go to the girls what's what's your take on it um it's incredibly
1: frustrating um as someone that works with young people i think people can be quite quick to judge sometimes and i think it goes back to you never know what somebody's been through Um, or what's going on behind closed doors, and students amaze me because the ones that show up every day and work hard, they're so passionate about what they want to do, and, you know, sixth form especially is one of those things, they don't have to come to sixth form, there's other options, but they choose to come every day, Um, so yeah, I'd say frustration more than anything, because it isn't always the case, and I think it's too easy to blame teenagers for certain things.
0: I, I agree. And the reason I wanted to, to bring you up, because, Lily, you made a really good point before when you sort of said that one of the reasons that you decided to join was that you had been seeing on social media the work that the mental health ambassadors had been doing. And actually, sometimes... People forget that part of social media, don't they? Which is actually, there is some real good out of it. What is your take as young people? Can I call myself a young person? How old do I need to be to be called a young person? Any, any one of you? I don't, I don't think
3: it's an age. I think it's kind of like a, it's a mentality rather than anything.
0: Um, Lily, I'm going with it. I'm young. Right, okay. As young people, right? Okay, what would you say? Is social, Do you think social media does play a big part in pe- why people struggle with their mental health? What do you think, Lily?
3: I think people only post what they want other people to see on social media, and then you don't see the other side of it, so it can make you feel like, well, why don't I feel like that? Why don't I look like that? Why don't I... Like, why isn't my life like that? And it can be really... Up- like You just end up comparing yourself to people when you shouldn't, because... You do that in real life anyway, but then it's... In real life, you get to see, like, people a bit more for who they are. whereas on social media. I know on my social media, I choose how I come across to other people. So, and I know that's what it's like with everyone else, but sometimes you just forget that that's how how it is and you just compare yourself to people without even realising you're doing it. And it it can damage your mental health, but I think a, a positive side of it is that it also, like... There's lots of pages that encourage you to talk about things and address issues that usually wouldn't be talked about. Like, there's a page on Instagram, I forgot what it's called, but it it talks about, like, dealing with, coping with mental health issues, but not not just that. It talks about helping people, like, who are coping with them and, like, how to act around them and think like how to talk to them about it without being—I don't know the word—like without being.
0: Do you think it's a—it's almost a way that helps people to know how to help other people?
3: Yeah, I think it can be—it can be really beneficial, but at the same time, it can be really—it can really damage your mental health. It—it just depends which side of social media you're on and how you see it.
0: And I think you're right. This there's two sides to it isn't there there isn't there isn't just this one size fits all as you were talking um both Laura and Tara you as well there was a lot of nodding going on um and i could i could tell that you were thinking i i, I yeah i can add to that i can add to that tara what's your view on it tell us tell me what you're thinking i definitely
2: agree in the fact that there's there's two sides to social media um I know personally I'm guilty of only posting the good things about my life it's like when you go on holiday you post all the nice beach photos but you don't post the dreaded flight or you don't post all the waiting and all that sort of stuff so, yeah so I think everybody is guilty of it um and I do think like Lily said in terms of all the photo, no shop and. There's a lot of young girls now and I'm boys that are joining social media and the age that people are joining social media is getting lower and lower. So I feel like a lot of young people feel like they are expected to live up to this this high expectation of everything that's on social media when actually it's it's half of it's not real, half of it's not, and it's it's very focused on the good things. And I've seen a lot of videos of... Um, social media and and the impact that it has and sort of the ways that people use it and I just think that there is definitely two sides to it and a lot of people, a lot of young people are unaware of the fact that there is another side to it, they just feel like it's just the one side and they have to live up to that expectation.
0: Do you feel that um, one of the things that sometimes when I'm talking to young people, um and young people often say is they don't know how to tell other people when they're struggling for example because they worry that if for example they share that they're really struggling that will it become something that everybody knows about and everyone else talks about Um, and if they don't share then actually will people think oh their life is perfect and nothing else is wrong with them and they don't often sort of know sort of how to express what they're thinking and what they're feeling. Laura, do you find that, I know you predominantly work with, with the sixth form students, but do you find that with some of the sixth formers as well? And if you do, the mental health ambassadors, are they the person sort of in between who can be that listening aid, do you think, that helps people to sort of express how they're feeling? yeah definitely
1: so one of the roles of the sixth form mental health ambassadors is that they can be assigned students to mentor um obviously it's not been as easy um during the lockdowns um but we still are finding ways that they can do it you know via email and things like that um and with you know, with regards to the social media, I completely agree with what both girls have said. It, it can be an absolutely brilliant, you know, place for resources and inspiration, but it can also be quite a cruel place sometimes, and I think people forget that. Um, but you might want to ask Lily what her newest bit of um, work for the Mental Ambassadors is.
0: Uh, Lily, yes, love this. The floor is yours. Tell us, please.
3: Well, we had a meeting the other day just, like, just discussing ways that we could help people because, obviously, it's a lot harder now. It's remote. And, actually, T- Tara inspired it because she said that she had a week where she just deleted social media. And then I thought, well, if we get people, if we get everyone to do that on the same week, I think it like more well, people would be encouraged to do it because they feel like they'd be missing out less. So we're trying to organise. Uh, this is also Tyra's. Um, I think like, I stole this from Tyra. But a social media cleanse, where you just don't go on it for five days and see what the benefits are. Or, the, or I mean, it could be disadvantages, but to see how it affects people, I think it, it definitely benefit people more than not.
0: This is brilliant. So it was all inspired by a, a conversation you all had when you came for your meeting. Um, Tyra, if it's okay to ask you, um, what what was going on for you that prompted you to think I just need to to have a break from social media that's now snowballed into the social media cleanse. Um by the way, I want to know when this is happening because I want to take part. Um and I want to add to it because I think it's brilliant. I feel like it should be extended beyond Wales High School. I'm just demanding that I'm now part of this team um so please let me know um but that aside, Tara, tell us if you don't mind me asking what was it that was going on for you? So I just sort
2: of realized obviously lockdown isn't great, and um, I feel like there are a lot of people that are starting to sort of spiral down like a deep. Dark hole, which isn't obviously great. I knew for me that I was spending way too much time on my phone. Like my screen time was like fourteen, fifteen hours a day, and I was like, this needs to stop. So I was like, I got a new phone. So when I obviously moved everything from my old phone to my new phone, I specifically didn't download any social media, um, knowing full well that this mindless scrolling needed to stop. So I obviously deleted everything um and my mindless scrolling then shifted to asos which wasn't <laughs> yeah. great because then i ended up with 700 parcels at the door so after about day three i was like right we actually need to do this now so i knuckled down got a lot more work done um my grades at sixth form have improved massively over the past six months honestly if you'd have told me that i'd be in this position this time last year i would have said that you're joking um and I've started exercising a lot as well. So for an hour every day, I'll go into the garage because we have a, a gym in the garage. Um, or I'll go for a run or I'll do something just to take my mind off of everything and just shift everything out of my way. And it has really, really
0: helped. But I think, what, I, you know, I, I love the ASOS thing because actually you're you're right on two parts. Firstly... I know I am so guilty of aimlessly scrolling through Instagram, literally. And then, you know, when I get to the bottom and it says, you've caught up and it has the little tick and I think, no, I can't have done it. I need to see something else. And then I go back through and then look at everyone's stories and I do it when I'm laying in bed I do it in between work times and it becomes endless and sometimes I remember thinking I don't even know what I'm doing anymore there's no purpose to what I was doing um and the, the whole ASOS thing I need to take a leaf out of your book um, there's an ongoing joke in my household that like me John is the postman me and John are like besties love John hermes laura will know about this about me i love a parcel um i need your help this is something we need to talk about beyond the podcast i need your help what how did you do it because that's something i definitely need help with but you say that you've noticed genuine benefits and and differences in terms of your grades but in terms of how you feel as well i just sort of realized
2: that it wasn't as essential as what i'd been making it out to be for the past god knows how many years and just sort of uh, if people need me, if my friends need me, then they can text me. And like throughout the week, I'd I'd still text my friends. I'd still play iMessage games because they're just like really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just sort of like still having that communication with your friends, but also realizing that social media isn't as a, isn't as important as a lot of people make out for it to be, and that you can survive without it and you can live a normal life without it, even if it's just taking a day taking a week, taking a month, you you can live without it and you can live a completely normal life without it and you're not missing out on
0: anything. This is brilliant. Um, So to all my listeners, and I know I've got listeners of all ages in all sorts of weird and wonderful places, Um. Um, mom and dad if you're listening to this this doesn't really apply to you because you don't really use social media very well anyway but everybody else this applies to you as soon as i find out from wales high school when the social media cleanse is taking place every single one of you can i just invite them girls is that all right i've just i'm inviting everyone to join yeah they're nodding at, they're nodding at me this is great Um, and you're going to join us and you can share with us with the mental health ambassadors how it's gone because I know that it's something that I need to do. Um, I know that it would make a difference to me. And actually, I think you're absolutely right to have that sort of the, the, the internal motivation and strength to be able to do that. And I love, Lily, the way you talked about the fact that actually the inspiration came. And I love the fact that you use that word inspiration because so often people don't do that do they we don't look at and try to find the the good things that somebody else has done to help us to move forward um if I was to say to you um Laura I'm gonna ask you first because you're not really young in the same way oh she looks outraged I think I think I might have just lost a friend there I'm, I'm still younger than you oh th- this podcast has just taken a turn hasn't it um the girls look like they're on your side. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I feel like I've got work to do. Um, anyway, that's a whole separate podcast. Um, FYI, Laura is much younger than me. This is this is true. And it hurts, but it's true. Um, anyway, Laura, I'm going to ask you first. Um, what would you say for you, as somebody who is an advocate for young people, works with young people, um, would you say is the most frustrating stereotype that you hear to do with young people? Girls, I'm coming to you next. Have a think. Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, probably that
1: that they're all, you know, troublemakers, or that they don't care or have no respect. Because you know, granted, there are people out there, but there's people aged forty or fifty, sixty that are like that too. And you, I don't think you can tarnish someone with the age brush. Um, you know, like. As I said before, if if they want to do something and they're passionate about it, they will. And like I've I've come across students that find it much easier to have a conversation with an adult than they do people their own age and things like that. And um, me and Tyra will regularly have a good natter because we just get on really well. Um, and Tyra is one of our deputy prefects at the moment, and I was her mentor. When uh, she went for her campaign, so you know it's you see different sides of it, and we've got students that are like really passionate about the environment. Um, our head boy, uh, shout out to Alex, um, he's so passionate about the environment and and things like that, and um, you know we've got students really into politics and things like that, and just things you wouldn't necessarily expect. But you shouldn't just judge that book by its cover, you know. There, there's they're all still individual human beings
0: love that well said Alex I'm intrigued to talk to you I'm intrigued you pas- your about your passion about the environment I'm intrigued we might have to have a separate podcast with you Alex and um, we'll leave that to Laura to organize um Lily what about you what would you say I think
3: I have to agree the idea that we're all rude and just ignorant and we don't care about
2: anyone
3: else but ourselves especially with the COVID thing I feel like We've been blamed a lot for it when it's it's not necessarily our fault. Like, there's a lot of other people, uh, like, like I think that some people our age have have to take responsibility for the things that they've done. Like, it's not, they haven't followed the rules a lot, but I don't think a lot of people have. Like, I've, like my dad was saying the other day, he so saw, like, um, some people who were older than him going into the shop without masks on, like, just not social distancing. And he was like, he was just, he said he was just in shock and he was just like, why, like, what makes you think that you're not, I don't know, like, he's safe without one at the minute,
0: especially. Okay, so that that notion that actually young people often, it's it's very much like what Laura's saying, that the, the finger gets pointed towards them, they're the ones to blame, but actually... It isn't just young people. Actually, there are there are people who are adults who are, are are not doing what they should be doing as well. Um, Tyra, what about you? I think there's definitely like
2: a general perception of like Generation Z that they're quite selfish and like they don't really care about other people and they're quite reckless, really. When actually we're just people. Um, and and like Laura said, we are all individual people and there is, you know, I feel like there's very much a stereotype out there that a lot of older people tend to take on board and they just assume that all young people don't really care about anything else but themselves. And like Lily said in the COVID situation, I know at work I've had people that are older that have come to me and spoke to me like like they shouldn't speak to people, but they do anyway, and it's sort of like, I wouldn't dream of speaking to any anybody like that. So the fact that somebody who's older than me has the audacity to come and to speak to me in a way where I wouldn't ever dream of doing it, it just sort of shows that those stereotypes aren't true and that, you know, not all young people are reckless, not all young people are selfish and that we do care and we do want to fix things and we do want to
0: work with other people. I I love the way you said it. The reason I wanted to ask you that is um, I agree with everything that all of you said. There's a real negative stereotype of young people, um, and the stereotype being that they're to blame, they don't care, they're not bothered, they're selfish, and the list goes on and on and on. And actually, one of the things that I suppose that I'm the proudest um, to be able to go Look at the look at you guys, and I know that there's only a couple of you on here, and Laura, you sort of sort of being their advocate and campaigning for all the amazing work that they do, but actually, you guys are living proof aren't you that you take real life problems that matter and make a difference to people who are your age younger, older, um, and actually do something positive to really help and make a difference and if we all spend more time giving people like you are and a platform to share what you're doing and to inspire and help other people, then maybe, just maybe, the world would actually be a much better place. And I think that you guys are going to genuinely create a ripple effect and snowball to inspire other schools, other young people to actually go... We don't just need to keep talking about the fact that, especially like mental health, is an issue because it is a huge issue. You know, the rate of suicide, the rate of people who are being diagnosed with depression, with anxiety, self-harming, the suicide rate, especially in young men as well. Um and the whole taboo around you know m- you know boys that whole the whole notion of being told to man up for example what a load of crap is that um and those sorts of things still need to change but they're only going to change when people like you stand up and go essentially enough is enough and we're going to do something about it and. That, for me, is one of the biggest things that you guys are all doing. Laura, I'm going to come to you. If the mental health ambassadors weren't at Wales High School, they didn't exist, um, the whole programme didn't exist, the training didn't exist, would anything be different? Oh, oh gosh,
1: yeah. Um, 100%. Because it's it's getting that message out there and... um, My colleague, Charlotte Cooper, who is like the Head of uh, Wellbeing and Mental Health at Wales, Um, she did some uh, feedback questions um, on the training and it was lovely to see the amount of the younger ones that said that they'd learnt to listen um, when someone was talking and to ask their friends if they're okay and things like that, and to notice differences in people could be a sign of a mental health issue. Um, And I don't know, it's, it's a huge part of Wales now. I don't think I could imagine it not being there.
0: You make a good point about listening. One of the things that I often talk about with listening is how often we all do it. We listen to reply, don't we? We listen to people ready to give our input or to tell them what we're thinking, but how often we don't actually stop to listen to understand and to hear what somebody's saying or even what they're not saying and seeing the unseen and hearing the unheard, for example. Um, Tyra, how many people would you say that... Just in Wales High School alone, would you say that you've helped just by by being somebody who listens to them?
2: As I've had um, quite a few mental health um, ambassadors, like children, <laughs> um, I, I feel like I have helped a lot of people, whether it's, obviously, I run the social media, so I constantly post things pretty much every day. So whether that's a quote that makes someone get out of bed in the morning or helping someone with exam stress or anything like that, I do
0: feel like I've helped quite a lot of people. Do you know what? I'm really proud because most of the time when I say to somebody to talk about something good about themselves, we're British, aren't we, and we hate doing it. We're all so polite. Somebody knocks into us in the supermarket and we turn around and say, ''Oh, I'm so sorry.'' good for you for going yeah damn right i have helped loads of people and you're owning it i love that good for you um lily what about you i know you're new to the role um but actually even though i know you've completed your training and you've sort of been in role and it's it's obviously a lot different like you said because with covid especially it's a, it's harder isn't it because you can't be sort of doing things in the way that you would if i was to say to you that you absolutely have already made a difference Would you challenge me on that, or would you go, yes, I have? I
3: think, in a way, I have, just by completing the training. Like, I've applied that to how I speak to... Even though I've not helped, like, no one's... I've not spoken to any of the people in the lower years about it. Like, I've not had the chance to do that because of COVID and everything. I've applied it to, like, just my life in general, like, how I speak to people, how I speak to my family, how I speak to my friends, because, like, my friends all come and tell me how they feel about a problem, and I've just tried to use the training to put it towards that, even though I haven't had the chance to use it in the same way that other people have. But I I think that, like, I'm looking forward to helping more. I definitely think I can do a lot more to help in the next
0: two years. A- absolutely. The one thing I, I'm, I'm re- it's really lovely to hear, you know, both of you talk about, and both of you have mentioned it several times, is how important that training is and I think so often um People try to do things or to create new projects or new roles for people, and they don't put the adequate training in place. And quite often, you know, we talk about that, you know, whether it's a lack of will or a lack of skill. And more often than not, with young people, I found that it's not a case they're not having, they, there isn't a willingness, there isn't a passion to want to make a difference and to change something. But more often than not, unfortunately, whether it's funding, whether it's time, whatever the excuse, I'm going to call schools out on it, excuses sometimes, um, they don't put things in place. And actually, the one thing that's really obvious that has made the biggest difference to Both of you feeling A, confident in your role, B, actually using those skills to make changes, not just in your role as mental health ambassadors, but, you know, Lily, you talked about with your own family as well and how you talk to people or how you listen, that that training is so important and so integral and clearly the training that you've had has done that it's upskilled you it's given you the skills and the tools to be able to feel like you can go and do your job properly as mental health ambassadors um, and feel confident that you're doing it right as well um do you have updates with your training tyra is it something that's ongoing how does it work to make sure everyone's on the same page yeah
2: so basically what happens is when the new set of mental health ambassadors come in each academic year The current mental health ambassadors will have a refresher training, so everybody is constantly always on the same page, so we all know what we're talking about, and we're all on the same level, and we're all together.
0: Perfect. Love that! It's really nice to hear that you know people are having the skills that they need and being taught how to do this um properly. And you might have seen if you if any of you are Love Island watchers, you might have seen the announcement that's come from um the wonderful Doctor Alex um who has been appointed um, the mental health um, ambassador for the government. Um, And whilst it's really exciting. There's also a big part of me that made me really sad that we're celebrating it so much that I think, why wasn't it done sooner? Um, what are your thoughts, Laura?
1: Um, well, firstly, I can't believe that he's stolen our, our brand and title. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, no, I, th- I think it's it's wonderful. Um, I know there's been a lot in the press about the Love Island stars lately having some holidays and things um and it's nice to see someone doing some good um with you know he's got a big status hasn't he a big audience that he he can reach um and i've forgotten your question
0: I love that. This is great. Do you know what, Laura? To be fair, it's because I waffle so much, don't I? I don't know why they put all of us on a podcast together, to be fair. This was probably the worst idea ever. Um, I did get warned to make sure that... Because I could literally talk to you guys for hours on end, and I was warned that you guys literally have lives outside of you know being on the podcast i can't think what your life would be than better than being on the podcast but that's a separate issue too um but yeah don't worry it was saying that do you think that whilst it's amazing and he put he's done a lot of campaigning um to make sure that the you know to get it was it was to say to Boris wasn't it that they need to talk essentially but it's the first time it's happened it should it have happened sooner
1: yeah definitely uh, you know even pre Covid, i think this should have been a thing four five six maybe even ten years ago um i know when i was the girl's age it wasn't as spoken about and so what's that like 10 years ish ago um and again social media i think facebook had just come in twitter had just come in there was no instagram but phones weren't as advanced either so um You know, it was one of those things we used to take actual cameras on nights out to take (laughs) photos and things like that.
0: Um, I remember that. I remember when I got one for my birthday, and I can't remember what megapixel it was, but I remember looking at the number thinking I was like this. I felt like, you only think, I'm on top, this is my A game right now. Like, I've absolutely got this now. I look back at it and I think, I found mine and I thought, oh, I wonder whether I should put it on eBay. Who's going to buy it? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody at all, right? Sorry, I totally got got distracted as usual, Laura. You were saying um, about, you know, it being different when you were the girl's age.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't even think there was 3G back then, was there? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, So it wasn't as accessible unless you were sat at home on your computer. And again, on nights out, people weren't constantly on their phones because it wasn't as good to to be on a phone and they were obviously not as good quality and things like that, um so it, it has changed a lot hasn't it and it's it's shifted and again with the taking photos you weren't you weren't doing it for the gram you were doing it to have memories it, and some of it was to put on Facebook to say look what a great night out we had last night but it wasn't as polished as it is
2: now I don't think
0: I absolutely and I know that you know the reason I feel so passionately about the work that you are all doing um, and the role of the mental health ambassadors is i think you're right that when i think to being a young person myself and i know lily you were very kind and sort of didn't said oh don't worry there's no age on it it's how you feel but let's be fair i'm in my 30s and actually you know being a young person and even now as an adult And, you know, I'm a counsellor, so, you know, it's something I feel really passionately about. But I know that personally for myself, I have had moments where I've thought, can I talk about my own mental health? Should I talk about it? And I've worried about all sorts of things about, you know, the cultural element to it, how society might see me differently. Would they think that makes me inadequate as, as a person or the role that I do? And I think that there's still so much work to be done. Because I think there are lots and lots of people out there who do still feel feel like that. Girls, if I was to come to you, Lily, if I was to say to you, what do you think's missing in the in the world of mental health and the way we talk about mental health, and what needs to still change? I don't
3: think because I know there's like a, a week like Children's Mental Health Week, but I don't think it should just be a week. I think it should be encouraged all the time. It's like with the um it was a men's mental health day or something like that the other I think it was the last month Yep,
0: international men's day yeah and i
3: just I just think why isn't it encouraged all the time? Why is there only one day for it? Why is it not the whole year and it's like it's the same with the children's mental health and the I know there's a mental is it a month or a week or I don't, but there's definitely something like a month or a week where it's just about mental health, and I think that's good. But why is it not encouraged all the time? sure like, that should be what it's like constantly to encourage
0: it. Absolutely. And, and you know, why is it focused on a day or a week? Um, and mental health awareness should, shouldn't should be just focused on that. Um, Tyra, do you think that there's still more work to be done? I definitely
2: agree with Lily in the fact that, you know, this should be something that is addressed sort of every day rather than on a specific day or week or month. Because at the end of the day, everybody at some point will face some form of mental health issue whether it's you feeling a bit naff one day or you know you're battling depression like obviously there's a large scale but everybody at least once in their lifetime will face some form of mental health sort of problem. Uh, I do feel like as a country Um, and as a society we are definitely on a road to sort of better places and we are making people more aware of it however I still feel like there is a lot of work to be done and sort of getting rid of negative stereotypes male negative stereotypes um, and sort of things linking in with like masculine um, toxic masculinity all that sort of stuff I feel like there's a lot of things that link link to mental health and the fact that they sort of now need to become part
0: of the discussion i agree completely i had um, an amazing guest on for international men's day so lily like you were saying you know about having you know the certain days for things when actually it should be something we just talk about and you know you might have heard that podcast my guest um, James talked about his own his own journey with mental health and how hard it was and his biggest challenge being that being a male um, having a role as a husband a father working that actually how do I tell somebody that I'm struggling how do I sort of let that, that wall down, that persona down without people thinking or seeing it as a weakness Um, until it gets to a point where it's gone too far yeah. Uh-huh. And therefore, I think you, you're you absolutely right. A lot needs to still be done, but we're well on the way to trying to to make that happen, especially with the things that you're doing. Um, Tyra mentioned the social media, and I have been following their social media. And one of the things I love about it, go give them a follow on Instagram. They're WHS, uh, Mental Health Ambassadors. Go find them on Instagram. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant um, Instagram um, account. And one of the things that's on there that I love... so. Um, If you've listened to any of my podcasts before, you will know that one of my favorite things that I live by is kindness and my favorite quote ever is in a world where you can be anything be kind um, and a lot of the Instagram posts a lot of the quotes that you put on um, talk about exactly that they talk about kindness they talk about things like a lot of people just need someone to be kind to them today which I love and um, there's another one um, and as I was scrolling through that sort of stopped me Um sort of in, in my tracks I was looking and it says one kind word can change someone's entire day. Um how important do you believe kindness is when it comes to talking um about mental health Laura?
1: Oh it's it's vital isn't it because if you feel like someone's judging or going to be nasty about what you're saying you're very likely to stop telling them. Um and it's I think I like to think of myself as a very polite person. Um and I think things like that it, it doesn't take any effort, does it, to be nice um, and, you know, be kind. And like I said earlier, you don't know what someone might be going through. You know, something awful could have happened later or, earlier on that morning, sorry. And you've got no idea. And I try and bear it in mind as well if I think, oh, they're a bit grumpy today. You know, try not to hold that against them. It could be for a massive reason that you've got no idea about.
0: Absolutely. Um, girls, I've got a question for each of you. Um Laura, you're not included in this, sorry. That's all right. oh look, she just gave me that little look of like, oh, oh, too bad. It's okay. So, um Lily, I'm gonna come to you first. Um same question I'm gonna come over to you, Tyra, in just a second. If I was to say to you, what advice would you give to adults, adults who are in senior positions, whether it's in schools, organisations, parents, about what they can be doing to help more with mental health um, in the role that they do, what would you say to them?
3: I think it's just mainly about checking up on the students and young people
0: to see if they do it. Because
3: usually people don't speak about it. Like we said, it's quite hard to talk about it, especially if you think that if you think that you might get judged for it and it's just sometimes you just have to say to people are you okay and like a lot of times you go yeah but then you have to be like seriously are you okay like is there anything you want to talk about and I I try and do that with my friends but I feel like a lot like I feel like all the people could try and do that more. that both my parents understand like the importance of mental health and check up on me a lot and make sure I'm okay and do loads. They do so much to help me and I'm so grateful for it. But I know there's a lot of people who feel like they can't talk to their parents about it and it just, it's quite upsetting because then you think, if you can't talk to your parents, they're the most, like, they're the people that you should be, close, well, not should be, like, but I'm, like, I'm very close to my parents and it just, it just kind of like upsets me when people say... I can't I don't think I can speak, speak to my parents about this and I try and say well do you want to speak to me and even like I think the most important thing is getting it out whether it's a teacher or a parent or a friend or even like if you don't want to speak to someone sometimes I don't want to tell people how I'm feeling so I'll just write it down in my notes and I can always delete it or write it down on a piece of paper, piece of paper sorry. and it'll always make it so much better it just Gets it out so you're not thinking about it. But sometimes you need to tell someone you need to seek help because it gets, it gets like to the point where you feel like you, it almost feels like you're drowning in it, like you can't escape and you can't help yourself anymore. Absolutely. So, and sometimes you can't, you don't, you don't feel like you can reach out. So I feel like if, if people, if older people reach out to younger people and was like, seriously, are you okay? That would definitely
2: help.
0: I love that and I think the key message that I think you said so beautifully there Lily was check up on other people you know and actually not everybody has the network like you said where there's people at home who are checking up on them or who are there for them so be an adult that actually looks out for other young people and sort of makes sure that they are okay and check in with them. Tara same question to you what advice would you give to adults when it comes to mental health?
2: Just to Approach everything with sort of an open mind. So if you are, like, you know, facing a friend who's struggling or a family member who's struggling or even a child or anything, you know, listen to them and make sure you understand why they're upset and sort of where all this this emotion is coming from. I think just approaching everything with an open mind because I know that there's a lot of young people especially that feel like everybody is constantly judging them so if you walk into that situation you know with no judgment and and nothing like that then I do feel like they're a lot more likely to open
0: up to you love that go with and have an open mind and um, Laura how proud are you I'm so
2: proud <laughs>
0: I could see it on your face. I could. You, you're beaming, aren't you, with pride for these girls? Um, i I want to just say, there's a few things actually. Um. I I genuinely take my hat. I'm not wearing a hat. I know it's just a saying. I don't actually have a hat on. I just have really frizzy hair. Um, So I take my frizzy hair off to Wales High School. I think to have a school who... I do a lot of work with schools and amazing, amazing schools. And I think to have a school that's allowed young people to actually have a voice, to have a platform, to take an idea and to make it a reality with other adults in that environment to say we're with you, we've got your back and we're going to do whatever we can to make it happen. Um, Laura, the world needs more people like you Um, and girls, the world needs more people to take notice of the two of you because you two are absolutely living proof that young people do care, young people do make a difference and that negative stereotype that gets banded around is absolutely categorically incorrect. And I will continue to say that until people actually listen and will continue to challenge people who try and tell me otherwise. Mental health is something that you have all taken from just being a word, just being a challenge, just being a problem that people face daily, or like Tara, you said, at some point in their life even, And you've gone, it matters to us. And we're going to do something to help you to make a difference. Because essentially what you're saying is you're never, ever alone. And that in itself, and I know that both of you have been amazing. And I'm so proud that both of you had the courage and the bravery to be very un-British and own it and go, yeah, we have helped people. Good for you. And I can guarantee that as dramatic as it may sound, you absolutely will have saved other people lives in a way that you might not ever know and there's one of the sayings that I love and it says be somebody that one day somebody looks at you but you've inspired them so much that they look at you and say because of you I didn't give up and I think that if both of you were to really take a moment to reflect um, and you Laura there'll be people who will be thinking that exact same thing about you as individuals Um, Tara, I'm going to come over to you. Give us a little shout out for all your social medias. Where can people find the amazing work that you're doing and support you? So
2: the Instagram is WHS Mental Health Ambassadors and the Twitter name is Mental Health
0: WHS. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you're somebody who's taken inspiration from all the things that you have heard today, I know that the Mental Health Ambassadors at Wales High School would love to be able to hear about it so they can share it and share the love and the support. So if you take inspiration, even if it gets you thinking, if it helps you to reach out to somebody or even helps you and inspires you to start your own campaign and to do something, however big or small it might be, please, please. Please, please make sure you tag them let them know so twitter is mental health whs the instagram is whs mental health ambassadors go give them a follow show them some support for the amazing work that they're doing share it if you're somebody who is a young person then go and share it with your school go and show them what that what wales high school is doing if you work in the school go do something in your own school go and get inspiration and if you're somebody just tell somebody else about it because you have no idea what difference it will make at the end of all my podcasts I love to get a quote I didn't prep any of you for having a quote um but so I'm going to put the hot seat onto you Laura um Laura is there a quote or a phrase that you love that you would like to share with all the listeners today um,
1: yes there is um I, I am slightly prepared for this one because <gasps> I did listen to your pod. Um,
0: love <laughs> and that. I love
1: that. Um, I know that our mutual lovely friend Sam gave you your first one. She did? Uh, okay. pod. Um, so mine is um, Worry is infamous for being inaccurate
0: What an amazing way um, To end this amazing Amazing podcast I have had the wonderful guests I have had Laura, I have had the wonderful Lily And the absolutely inspirational Tyra with me from Wales High School On today's episode On the Power Giant podcast The Raw Reality They are people who put the money where their mouth is They're living the things that they value And that they do to help us the people, and they are the mental health ambassadors. You have been listening to the Power Giant podcast. Until next time.